Welcome to She Grows. We're here to walk through topics that we all deal with in everyday life. I'm Danielle Doss. And I'm Jen Matthews. And we are here to arm you with the hope and peace that comes straight from the gospel. We're going to leave out the fluff and chase down the truth. So whether you're driving, doing laundry, working out, we hope you find truth and encouragement. Let's grow together. Hey, Jen. Hey, Danielle. I beat you this time to you say did. it. <laughs> You're always so quick on it. <laughs> oh, we're back with another woman off of our list. Yes. We'll give three you three of four. Three seconds to guess who it might be. Oh. Three, two, one. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never guess. <sighs> Today, we're talking about Miriam. 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 She Sister. has very little about her. Sister to Moses. Sister to Moses. Pretty big deal really like a silent character in a lot of ways but has a huge impact so I'm excited to dig in and find these little nuggets in scripture yeah so let's start with her story okay okay so we are in exodus and what is happening is is that pharaoh is starting to look around him and all the Israel Israelites are outnumbering the Egyptians. Yeah. And the, he's taking note that they're stronger. And obviously, if they're outnumbered, he's got this fear factor that they're going to just take over one day. Mm-hmm. And so Pharaoh says that he's going to appoint some brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down by the crushing labor. So uh, basically, they work the um, Israelites to death, like without mercy. And at some point, we realize none of that's really working. Then he says, um, in chapter 1, verse 16, it says, when he's talking to the midwives, he says, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. And if it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live. And so Pharaoh catches on and he's like, hey, what's up with this? Why are you letting the boys live? And Hebrew and the uh, the Hebrew women, the midwives replied uh, that they're not like these Egyptian women. They are more <laughs> vigorous and they have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there. So basically, they're Boom. just they're they're speaking truth, possibly. But they're saying, hey, just so you know. And God was good to the midwives mm. and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And eventually, Pharaoh gave the order for all the newborn Hebrew boys to be thrown into the Nile River. You know, fortunately for the girls, he was letting them live. But for the boys at this point, they're all going into the river. And so here we pick up with the birth of Moses. I just kind of want to talk about the midwives, though, like. That's a stay focused. Okay, all right. Let it be beautiful. It's okay. beautiful. Okay. That is a beautiful part of the story. Okay, all right. So, about this time, a man and a woman have uh, gotten married and they become pregnant. She becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son. And she saw that he was a special boy, is how it's highlighted <laughs> in my scripture. And of course, she wanted to keep him, but she had to hide him for three months. And then, whenever it wasn't possible for her to hide him anymore, she put him in basically a waterproof basket and put him in the Nile River, as was decreed. Uh, however, the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him, which is just there's something about that, about her watching. And so soon Pharaoh's daughters came down uh, to bathe and all the attendants walk out to the riverbank and they see this basket 
And whenever the princess opened it, she saw the baby was in it. And they said, oh, this must be one of the Hebrew children. And immediately the baby's sister approached the princess and said, should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse this baby for you? Turn page. (laughs) Uh, Yes, do, said the princess. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Uh, Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mom. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. And later when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as his own son. And the princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Hmm. (sighs) Lots of women in this one. There is. This is such a great story. Yeah. Just on many levels. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what we see of Miriam here. We don't know how old she is here. Right. There's many speculations and many accounts of this and that. And everyone does seem to agree she's young, whatever yeah. the case. Sure. She's a younger girl here. Right. And so just the, just the competency, competency yeah. to say, I'm not going to just, Pharaoh said throw him in the Nile. So I guess we should do that. Step one, they didn't obey. Sure. Step two, why did she think as a young girl to go sit and watch her brother, even her mom wasn't doing that. Right. Well, let me she, just take a little minute for that light bulb moment. Like, Mama, where are you? <laughs> wow. She's watching. I have so many thoughts. I yeah. know. Like, Mom, you're just going to sit there and eat. I'm going to go see what's going to happen. To the- Granted, she was postpartum, so there's no... <laughs> it's and fair. she's saying goodbye to her son, so yeah. maybe so she there's didn't want to see that happen. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. But Miriam takes takes action. It's like the intuition of Miriam. That's what yeah. I cannot get past. Like, no matter how old you are, how she responds in the next steps of yeah. what Moses has put into the river, like, watches it because there's this, it's almost as if she is expecting something to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean. Because the responses are immediate. Yes. So, like, she watches him is curious to see what's happened, realizes, sees that the princess's, uh, you know, attendants are out there and immediately goes over there and says, oh, do you want me to get you a, a nursing mom? And the audacity to walk up to a princess and be like, hey, oh, hey, I know you don't know me. I'm one of the Hebrews you hate, but can I help you out? Like, also serious, like Pharaoh's daughter, the princess. That's what I'm saying. Who like, knows what mindset she's in? Yeah. Uh, she it says oh this must be one of the hebrew children but honestly she could have just like rid her hands been, at that she point. could have been like well drop them like, yeah, yeah but there's no telling what her heart posture would have been yeah but because miriam stepped in with a practical su- like solution mm-hmm. gosh that that quickness to me yeah. is just like and takes the baby back to mama and mama gets and paid mama gets for the baby <laughs> And gets paid. And side note, we've laughed and decided that Moses must have been a teenager when she sends him on back. <laughs> that's just our notes. That's not biblical. Yeah. But we've just decided in our heart of hearts that when, when Moses is a teenager, she's like, no, I'll go live with them. They've adopted you now. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea. It's fine. But what stands out to me so much is just the ability of this girl to jump into action. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't like Miriam prayed over the basket and hoped God would just do his best. It wasn't that Miriam stood there and watched, knowing there was going to be an opportunity to jump into action. And she did. She didn't 
wait and go tell her mom, hey, what do you think I should do here? Hey, do you think the um, Pharaoh's daughter will listen to me? Hey, do you think it's okay if I speak up? Hey, do you think it's okay? Mm -hmm. She just did it. Mm -hmm. With that same thought process, she's mentioned later on in Exodus and she's described as a prophet. Yeah. And so I think about those tendencies. Yeah. Like something maybe not discovered yet, but... Yeah, even if she hadn't grown into that gifting, yeah, it comes out of your gut, out of discernment. Those are a lot of the ways God speaks to a prophet. And she may have already had those, you're right, yeah. that little inclination, that thing from God that just says, no, be aware here, jump into action. You know, like... That's right. Because there's Aaron. Like, where are you at, Aaron? Why are you not close by? Yeah, that's true. We have no mention of uh, <laughs> other brother here. Like, and he's older. He's older than Moses. So yeah. But anyways, I mean, who knows? Neither here nor there. Not his story time yet. The writer felt important to point out Miriam. <laughs> so writer being Moses. <laughs> <laughs> who's in tech, Who's an important part of my story? The lifesaver. That's right. We'll mention her. All you others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Aaron was off playing, and mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Mostly because he was three months old at this point. <laughs> Isn't this funny? Moses wrote this book, and he's... Yeah, it's like, let me anyways. reflect back. Yes. I <laughs> distinctly remember being small because I couldn't reach the top of my head. I remember that day the gnats were biting. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's a tangent, but we're okay. good. It's fine. <laughs> It's funny to think about. It's funny to think about the Bible in real life instances. Yes. But yes. So, yeah, Miriam ends up like later in scripture, we know she's a sister, she's a prophet, she's a musician, she's a leader. Yeah. Um, and a leper. We'll get to that. But. And a leper. <laughs> and she says it so happily. <laughs> dun, like, dun, dun, oh, dun. that stinks. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But so this was a big part of Moses's story. Obviously, it set Mm -hmm. the trajectory for the whole freedom of Mm -hmm. Israelites, like a whole big deal. Huge. Huge. And um, where we see Miriam pop back up in scripture. Did you have anything before I go scooch over? No, I can save it. You're good. You ain't got to save nothing. (laughs) No, it's good. It's fine. Well, where we see her name pop back up is after Moses has gone through all his rigmarole with Pharaoh, all the plagues, all the things. They get free. They go through the the Red Sea parts for them and then crushes the whole Pharaoh's army. And we see Miriam here um, in chapter too. 15. Love that. Verse 20 says, Then Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. I'm telling I'm you. I'm not They intrigued. like these musicals. I was about, I, yeah, it is another musical, but this one's full of multi-tambourines, which I'm not sure I'm down with, but either way, they were tambourining it up and dancing, and Miriam sang to them, sing to the Lord. For they years. couldn't carry a tuba, yo. Like, they're on a no, high, but like, they're running. Somebody <laughs> could have a ukulele or something. Like, grab that tambourine. Fine. We're gonna need them. <laughs> Who's got the duffel with tambourines? <laughs> It's just funny. <laughs> they all whip out their tambourine and go to town. I'm like, y'all, is that like connected to your water bottle or what? It's just, a, it is a funny thing to think. Yeah. What he led them, she led them in song and dance and sing to the Lord for he's triumphed graciously. Horse and rider has been thrown into the sea. So here we are, however many decades down the road, because mm-hmm. that's a lot of history that passes between 
chapter two and chapter 15. Lots of things have gone down here. Lots of them. Yes. And so I was thinking because in our scripture reading, well, in one of the scripture readings where Pharaoh is saying, fine, just leave. Like they've Mm. gone through all the different plagues and that sort of stuff. But the Egyptians are called, are saying like, hey, we're going to give you these garments. And this is just a complete side note. But I'm thinking, but the, the garments also have tambourines in hand. <laughs> You're going to need these. <laughs> Take a tambourine, y'all. One thing that stands out to me, and I guess like, it, obviously it's all the people of Israel, so maybe it's just a given, whatever. But I feel like something about this just speaks to her family ties. Mm. Like she was taking care of Moses from the day from the beginning and here she is still following him as a leader Mm -hmm. she led all the women in worship here that's Uh, that's just kind of cool like a faithful yeah you sister honestly you don't see it represented a good bit when brothers and sisters are doing ministry together Mm -hmm. and it's clear like aaron was moses mouthpiece Mm -hmm. there's miriam leading people in worship like it's a full-on yeah family affair of i wonder what their last name would have been they could have had like <laughs> <laughs> the gaithers like it's like the original gaithers that's yeah, funny yeah but and we know that she wasn't just a tag along because in micah 6 4 it says i right. sent moses yeah. to lead you and also aaron and miriam like he called all three of them to lead mm-hmm. which i think is super cool yeah you know i um was thinking about miriam and about her purpose and the overall arcing of her life is this redemption like she's been a part of her brother carrying out this redemption plan like going side by side with him like they've redeemed the israelites like they are now moving towards uh, freedom they're no longer slaves Mm -hmm. and so this idea of from the beginning of her days she was a part of god's redemption plan yeah it just goes to show there's things like this that if you'll stop and take into consideration what they knew and didn't know at the time. Yeah. It's, it really speaks to back to prayer, you know, like the things we're praying for and we're waiting for, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. We know God's spoken this over our lives and she saved Moses that day, but could have never, even if she had some word from the Lord to know there was something big in the future, she would have never been able to think, Oh, as adults way later, we're going to free the entire nation of Israel. Right. I mean, and they were a part of a really big plagues upon plagues upon plagues. Like, okay, yeah. we lived through some crazy times, right? Like 2020, <laughs> it, was, it was quite the plague. They had a whole lot of it. Yeah. And all, all the, I mean, gosh, like the things that they have experienced in their life. We're not even talking about them being a part of splitting the Red Sea and walking through that. Like the things I mean, that the things they she have witnessed, gone yeah. through. Mm-hmm. And done as a family like that. What a beautiful part to pull out. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So as a family, that is just that is incredible to think of. I'm going to need my brothers to rise to the occasion here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to take this on the road. <laughs> That's funny. But I too think so after witnessing all of these, all these miracles, standing by her brother through all this, being co-leaders with mm-hmm. her and Bo- Aaron and Moses. And then Miriam's the first woman to ever pen a song in the Bible. Like mm. she's the first. This is really cool. Not knowing, you know, not she's just being so ready on the ready. What stands out to me is that at any point in their life, they could have just let life happen. She could have just they could have just 
thrown Moses in the river like the rest of the boys because that's what they're supposed to do. She could have just let Pharaoh do Pharaoh's daughter do her mm. thing mm-hmm. because oh good, at least he won't starve. He's been found. Yeah, she didn't it, have to speak up at any point in her yeah, life. Yeah, she could have just let it go. Uh-huh. But instead, she just was always ready. She just took action. And where that stands out to me or where it uh, where it resonates is so often we will feel a nudge from the Lord or we'll feel, I feel like God's calling me to lead a small group. I feel like God's calling me to mentor this girl. Mm-hmm. I feel like God's calling me to write a book or write a blog or do a podcast or speak to someone, have this conversation or take this job or go move, whatever mm-hmm. you feel the Lord. And then I'll be darned if half of the people I hear tell me about something like that, just sit on it and say, I'll just keep praying about it until mm-hmm. I get some direction. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what, if God spoke it to you, he's given you direction. And man, I wish I had this verse handy, but it's like, as you walk, you will hear the voice Mm -hmm. to your left, Mm -hmm. your right. As you go, God -hmm. will direct you. Mm -hmm. As you move, as you are obedient, Mm -hmm. it doesn't say, and then I'll give you the perfectly laid out plan. And then you move. It always says, as you go. And so what I take from this story is the, if you feel it and you've been given it, let's be clear. If you know it is the Lord. I was just fixing to insert. <laughs> let's be clear. Just, because there is a part of it is we just spoke about this and talking about listening and hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. You do have to understand that side of it. Yes. But it is this moving forward. Yes. So it doesn't mean you're like out your very next steps to the moon. Yeah. No, it's you're just moving in a forward progress and allowing for him to continue to guide to your left or to your right. Yeah. And understand like what his motion and, and sometimes you just know like, oh, I've got to do this right now. And sometimes yeah. it is just a steady movement. Yeah, exactly. And it's being ready to just do that. It's when you've trusted and you've heard the Lord and you've remained close enough to him to know what he is speaking she, what else do you need to say? You know, I'm just thinking about them like the times that I walk like quickly because it's not my, that is not my ammo. Like I'm a slow, <laughs> I'm going to move forward, but it's going to be a, and I know I get on the Lord's nerves about it, but no. uh, I'm like, I am the person that I'm like, I will hear his voice before I move. Yeah. <laughs> but fine. I want to I, like in that forward movement of, um, oh shoot, I just lost my train of thought. It just went right on out. Well, while you figure it out, I would like to say, even if you feel like you are a slow mover, what you are doing all of the time is prepping. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because there's a difference in sitting around waiting and like you, I remember when we first started She or when we first started the podcast or any of the things, you're like, I have this desire to speak. I really do. God has given me this, but I don't feel mm-hmm. ready for it. I don't mm-hmm. feel right for it. I don't feel. Yes. And what did you do? You poured over scripture. Yes. You poured over what he would have you say. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, so therefore I'm going to sit here and whine until he tells me it's time. Absolutely. It was a, so let me continue to prepare because I know God's put this on my heart. That's right. That's exactly And that's right. the difference. Yeah. It's yeah, not going, that. well, then I'm going to find the biggest stage and go speak right now. Because it's, no, it's, well, let me prepare and God will lead the way. Yeah. And he has opened more doors and yeah. more doors and made you more confident. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looks like mm. to act on what God has put in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know what? As I said, oh, I lost my train of thought as you were speaking. I was like, that's exactly right. Because that's where <laughs> I was kind of, it's like, once you know and you act and you quickly move, 
sometimes it it can be our character to say, but did I did I mess that up? Did I get that? Did I did I hear you wrong on that? Mm-hmm. And that's all on the Lord. Like you're yeah. moving out of obedience. Yeah. Because of what you know to be. And then the rest of it, even if you feel like, oh, that didn't land right, you're going to let the Lord work that part the out. The Lord do his work. Yeah, if there's right. anything I've learned in leading worship, just like Miriam, mm-hmm. sometimes pull out, people pull out their tambourines and sometimes they sip their coffee and look at you like you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be one or the other. They're going to get excited and be on board with you or they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Mm. But what you have to know is that on inside of both of those people, God might be doing the same work. A thousand percent. And you can never, ever, ever judge. And the act of even doing. entering in the doors of a church on Sunday is such an act of worship for yep. so many people. Yeah. That, that alone just, was a struggle. Yes, yep. exactly. Yeah. So Miriam, she... um. She's awesome, but also she makes a non-awesome move. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about... (laughs) I alluded to this earlier about her being a leper. Yeah. So (laughs) it's funny because... To me, it's funny because of what they talked about. So what happens is Miriam and Aaron getting in trouble... Yeah. for talking about Moses but it's because they're like nanan about her his they, wife they don't, they don't like her they don't like his wife <laughs> and, and the lord does not like that talk but i just the way it's phrased cracks me up because god's like you three get out here now mm-hmm. and he calls Moses and Aaron and Miriam to come out he's like Aaron Miriam come here mm. like how dare you he and he tells child. them child please child. he said if there's a prophet and i see him i'm gonna talk to him mm. i'm gonna talk to him through visions and through my word but not with moses he goes i'm talking to him face to face there's no riddles here mm-hmm. there's no secrets or no nothing so how dare you mm-hmm. and like woo! so miriam is then covered head to toe in leprosy and i've read some commentaries and stuff about why her and not aaron and they kind of allude to the fact that maybe there's a double wrong here and her trying to rally the troops out from under Moses. Wow. And, you know, cause she yeah. does say, didn't God speak to us too? Like that. So it's almost like this undermining kind of thing. So maybe that's the reason. I don't know. Yeah. But um, she gets covered in leprosy. Moses begs for her life, which is just something to say about Moses because yeah. I mean, here she is talking bad about his woman where Moses could be like, ta <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got yours, babe. Like, <laughs> but instead he begs for her life, like god yeah. please yeah. heal her yeah but god says if her dad spit in her face if it was that small mm-hmm. she would have to be out of the camp for seven days mm-hmm. so she's going to be and she learned some lessons and she learned some lessons she had le- leprosy was sent out of the camp for seven days but you know what's cool is and this is something that we built the church on when we planted cultivate church mm-hmm. what 12 years ago now was that people make mistakes. Yeah. And people are just people. Yeah. And what I love about this story is that this was a very public correction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not mm-hmm. hiding leprosy. You're not hiding the fact that you, you were one of the leaders of women and you got kicked out of the camp for seven days. Seven days of isolation. Yep. That doesn't go unnoticed nope. in her world. Nope. Yeah. But it also says that nobody picked up camp until she was back. Mm. So they waited on her. They waited on her to be healed. And they then they packed up and went together. That, that, is, yeah. that was exactly my thought about Sorry. Miriam. Is, I mean, you just stomping all over it. <laughs> no, it's that sometimes you just are going to get things wrong. And yeah, it's true. But the, the, the course correction is what matters. Like that pivot yeah. of, okay, I messed up. Like I, there's a consequence for my action here. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. It's not leprosy. 
Yeah. But we still have to sit with that. And then we get up and we move forward. Yeah. And that was a great example. And what I love so much um, about scripture is that they're later referenced in Micah. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they're talking about um, what the Lord has done. And it says, for I brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from slavery. I sent Moses Aaron and Miriam to help you. Mm. We're not talking about just Miriam, yeah. Miriam and Aaron. I'm sorry, not talking about Moses and just Moses and Aaron because they played such a key part. Yeah. But Miriam is in that She's line. still included. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously we don't, we don't have a lot of her story in the grown up years here, but what we do know is she continued to walk with Moses mm-hmm. under his leadership because later she dies with them and in the whole clan of folks and, so she was still there Ooh. walking and following and being a part. And just thinking about leading and leading your family, that is two very different things. Yeah. I kind of understand the conversation of Miriam and, and Aaron now. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all come here. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. But like, well, what's what really cracks me up is in Deuteronomy, like later, they're they're pu- pulling out some of the laws and they pause and they're like, don't forget what God did to Miriam. <laughs> follow the rules it's so funny so she be very impactful (laughs) yeah so while to me i think the first thing i think about as miriam maybe it's because i'm a worship leader but i think about her leading the women in worship with all their dang tambourines yeah but you you have so many tambourines yeah i mean my tambourines (laughs) but just as memorable to the people in the Bible is her mistake. Yeah. In like, hey, don't forget, you will yeah. be like, there are consequences for your actions. Mm-hmm. But then the healing process on the other side of it, I thought was so cool. So. And why is it noted? Like, why is any of this written for us? It's so we can learn from yeah. it and not make those mistakes. Yeah. And um, thank you, Miriam, for doing that. So we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> But sept we still do. <laughs> I know. All I can think is, my God, he has so much mercy on me. <laughs> he does. Oh. He does. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave you with another week to make some guesses on who we're going to talk about next time. The but final one. The final lady. Thanks for listening today. We hope you feel encouraged and stronger in your faith because of these conversations. We love our community of women and would love to see it grow. Can you do us a favor and share the podcast with one friend today that you know would love it? And if you're feeling a little extra sparkle today, give us a quick rating and review. Have a great rest of your day. And until next time, keep keep growing. growing.